see, I, I think I'm offering the insightful commentary and the humor. So what am I here for? The color? They pick the low day, but so it's fine. They have each other's bags when the day is finally done. In a world setting in a Georgia town. On a show about libraries and visual sound. In the stacks of the library where it always starts. The stacks are much more than either of them thoughts. It's Thursday for mayhem, it's Thursday for fun. In the stacks with Barry and the Goya, it's second to none. Welcome to another episode of In the Stacks with Barry and LaToya. So we join you this week and I'm exhausted again this week, Barry. I don't know what's going on. Well, Today I'm was one of those. Too. You're exhausted too? Oh, well, I mean, you're in school now, obviously. Um, yeah. So how was week two of school for you? Uh, it's been okay. I mean, you know, there's, there's something that happens every day that's annoying, you know, but... Um, <laughs> It's still fine. Um, you know, I like my job. So. Well, yeah, I think regardless of whether or not we love or dislike our job, there's always going to be stuff in there that drives us insane. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's good. Today was just one of those mentally draining days for me. And yeah. so, you know, my day started early around a little before nine and I've not really that's had really a break. That's I know that is super early for me, but um, I, I just haven't really had a break since, like a mental break. So um, I'm like in the process of having one. So if I'm like speaking gibberish by the end of this <laughs> this, this recording, then uh, yeah, you, you'll know why. But I I spent a lot of time today working through. I'm reading this this uh, book. Uh, for one of my clients or with one of my clients in order to implement some of the teachings into the organization. And uh -huh. so it allowed me the opportunity to also use what I was doing as far as the teaching material to, um, to address that within my own company. Um, you know, I'm not just, it's not just me anymore, really. Um, my mother also works with me. And so there's things that I didn't do in the past that I didn't feel I really needed to do since it was just me. But now that I have someone working with me and hopefully, you know, I'll be able to work with others or others will be able to work with me. It's good to have kind of some of these foundational things in, in place, like your mission, your vision, your motto, uh, your core values, that kind of stuff. So I was, that was a lot of brain strain <laughs> today. So, so yeah, pardon me if I, I, I completely flake out. Did you get the... Today was picture day at school. Oh, okay. So you want to talk about school some more? Go ahead. Did you... Right, I was just saying it was picture day. Uh -huh. And I, that took um, a good bit of time. It took longer than it should have. And... Um, then I gave my, uh, my ninth grade graders their first quiz. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I, take it I knew it. I knew it yesterday when I told them there was going to be a quiz. I knew they were going to bomb it. I knew every single one of them was going to bomb it. And, um, so and, everyone bombed it? Well, two people passed. Well, uh, what is pa yeah. like pass as in an A or just? Oh, no, passed. Okay. Uh, right. The highest grade was a 74. Ooh. Uh, then somebody else had a 72 and everybody else failed. Um, so what is the grading system like now? Because, I mean, in the past, 74 was, what is that, like a C or D or something? 
No, we, there's no D's anymore. Oh, okay, okay. Because didn't 74 used to be like a D or 70 to... You know, when I was in high school, it went all the way... Uh, you didn't have an F until you got below a 65. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's it. Because, yeah, so D range was in the 60s. Yeah. And C's were in the 70s. And, okay, so now you guys are... So there is no longer D's. There's just A, B, C, F. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and the thing is, yesterday, I went over one of the short responses. I gave them the answer. I walked <laughs> through it. I said, this is the answer, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew, I knew that a lot of them were going to miss it. Mm -hmm. right? And um, and I'd say only like maybe four of them got that one right. And I gave them the answer. Yeah, see, you have, you have patience that I just don't have. That's why I honestly could not be a teacher because I would want to tell them, are you stupid? Because, <laughs> yeah, especially well, if you... Well, now, I did say, I did go off on a thing, and I was like, you know, I gave you the answer. Yes. <laughs> I mean, every, you did everything short of writing it down for them yeah. um, in terms of on the, on the quiz itself. <laughs> one, one person got an eight. An right? eight. <laughs> so How do you score an eight? <laughs> well, there are 12 questions. So one through 10 are worth eight points each. And left, well, with a short response, they're worth 10 points each. Okay. So he got one of the multiple choice questions right. And um, wow. when I talked to him, I said, you know, you almost got the most rare of things, which is a natural zero. Yes, yes. Normally, I only have zeros if somebody's cheating mm -hmm. or they don't answer anything, right? But to answer everything and get them all wrong, that's actually pretty rare. That right? is rare. That's true. Like a natural 20 and yeah. uh, D&D. So, <laughs> and, um, and I've seen ahead of time, because I flipped over to the back, I saw he didn't do the short response, right? Mm-hmm. So as I was going X, 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 I got kind of excited when he missed like seven of them. I was like, he might, he might actually hit the zero. Mm -hmm. But on the last multiple choice question, he got it right. <laughs> and, um, and so when I told him that, I said, I said he said, well, you know, I just uh, Christmas treated. Oh, right? and, um, and I said, I said, well, you just lucked into that, getting that one right. I said, you know, I would have been more impressed if you just got it zero. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's true. That, right. That's insane. I, I don't even understand. Yeah. Wow. It was not a hard test. It was. I would, just, I would, I mean, again, week two, which is what, this is the first full week of school, right? Mm -hmm. Of course it's not going to be difficult. No. It was a five page story. Okay. <laughs> it was only five pages. And it was, the, the whole point of it was, um, you know, this kid has this, this grasshopper and it turns out it's actually a bell cricket with in J Japanese mythology is like a really special thing. Right. Okay. And so there's this thing at the end where it's like, you know, sometimes in your life you feel like you're surrounded by grasshoppers, but when you really stop and look, some of them might be bell crickets. Oh, wow. Oh, and so that was the short response question. It was like, you know, so what does it mean when they say that? And what does the bell cricket represent in the story? Right. And right. I, told them, I said, you know, sometimes you're going to feel like you're surrounded by terrible people, <laughs> by idiots. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you really stop and look, some of them can be really special people. Right. So you should never give up hope. Right. That's what the bell cricket means. People it means hope. Right. They could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't understand how that would, 
that, yeah, I mean, so from an eight to a, what would you say, 74? 74, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's insane. Well, yeah, nobody got both of the short response right, which bothered me. Uh, every person in the class missed number 11, which normally, if everybody misses the question, I think there's probably something wrong with the question, you know? But number 11 was simply, what is the setting of the story? And use details from the story to back up what you say. How is that, how is that difficult? Well, yeah, because the very first thing in the story tells you that it's set in Japan. Mm-hmm. And that bell crickets are very important to their culture. So a lot of people responded that, oh, it, was, it took place outside or it took place at a playground, which is true. But you needed to say it was in Japan. Which is the most obvious setting of yeah. them all. Okay. Because like I told them, I said, you know, if the story was set in Milledgeville, the bell cricket has no importance. Mm-hmm. Right? It has no symbology to Americans. Right. Only matters because it's set in Japan. But no, no, no. I don't know. It was, it was, it was, uh, sometimes when that happens, it's frustrating. But, you know, I just have to laugh and um, tell them, you know, we need to, to look at this as a growing experience. Now we know we need to pay attention to the vocabulary. We need to pay attention to the story. <laughs> so that I mean, it's so disheartening. Week, I mean, these are ninth graders, though. So that's well, extremely disheartening. It, it's a class of people who failed ninth grade lit and are taking it again. Well, so, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> They've been through the, this the bad thing is, the bad thing, I asked them before we started the story, how many of you have read this story before? Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask that. About half of them said they had, which is troubling to begin with, because I know they all read it last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, oh, wow, yeah, that I can imagine tested your patience and everything else, because, again, like you said, it's a five-page story, and yeah. so there, there wasn't... I mean, everything was in there concisely, essentially, so... Yeah. Wow, yeah, I um I do not envy you at all. <laughs> and uh, so my 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 eleventh grade classes though the American League classes they're going fine. Um, we're even reading something that I consider absolutely amazingly boring, but um, they seem to be, you know, into it. They're enjoying the boring stuff. So what is it? Are they reading a specific book right now, or just? Um, yeah, it's excerpts from William Bradford's um, from Plymouth. And it's like basically his journal. Yeah, of, that is some dry stuff. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> his journal of when they first landed on the New World and when they meet Squanto and the mm-hmm. and and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, they're they're staying pretty into it. Um, I don't know why. I hate this part. <laughs> well, you know, it's just not one of my favorites. Okay. Um, so I wanted to tell you that I watched the first episode of The Bodyguard. Finally, yes. Because I know I had to text you to remind you about it. But yeah, and I, I didn't get a chance to watch it last night because I, I remembered at nine o'clock it was a Big Brother night. So, and I go to bed at ten. Mm-hmm. So um, tonight, after I went grocery shopping and cooked dinner, I sat and I watched the first episode while I had dinner. Um, so the guy who's playing the Kevin Costner role, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> 
who's from Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> I figured you'd correct me that it, you know it doesn't have any connection to the. Yes, but I'm not. Why? Why even bother? <laughs> yeah, I kept I kept waiting for like you know the Whitney uh, Houston mm -hmm. character, and where there is that lady he's protecting, but she's nothing like Whitney. Right. Uh, yeah, nothing. Um, it was it was pretty good. I, that opening sequence with the um, the suicide bomber. Mm -hmm. It was really good and really tense, but man, that that's almost a bold way to start a series mm -hmm. because it was, it but felt it does live up to it. I will say that much. So it, they do make yeah, it is bold, but when you watch the entire series, it all makes sense. Okay, because it was like a twenty-minute segment, <laughs> and it wasn't like action-packed. I mean, it was tense. Yes. But, but there's a lady who's literally got her finger on, you know, a detonator. Um, it comes full circle. I will okay. say that. So season one comes full circle. And I know that they're planning on doing another, which I'm looking forward to. I'm curi curious where they're going to go with it. But I am definitely wanting to watch that. Okay. So did you, so I mentioned earlier, um, did you get the new headset that has the two ears now? Or? So a box did come. Okay. Right. I have not opened the box. Right. Why? Because I've been I've been busy. You've been so busy you can't even open the box. You joined this session as far as our recording session early <laughs> and you still couldn't in that time <clears throat> open the box and plug in the headphones. I was on I was writing on my novel and also in Zoom. Mm -hmm. Right. Or whatever this thing's called. Yeah, yes, Zoom. Zoom. And um so but like see Monday Right. I had to go, I had to take Julian to his, uh, T'Challa to his open house. Mm -hmm. T'Challa's open house. And um, then on Tuesday, I invited my mom over to watch Netflix because she loves that show, The Ranch. Okay. And then last night, I had dinner with my mom at her house, which she said she invited me the night before. I don't, I don't recall it. She texted me like halfway through the day and she was like, so I'll be expecting you at five. And I'm like, what for? And, uh, and she's like, dinner. She like had made this stuff, and I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know. All right, whatever. So <laughs> last night I went over for dinner, and then tonight I had to do like this podcast thing, and you know, so I just haven't had time to open the box. Whatever. But well, it's I mean, sitting here looking at me. I know, and you should use it because unlike you, I listen back to the recordings, and other people actually listen to the recordings, and so it it will improve the sound quality. We will be both using the exact same headset. So, nope. you know, at some point, please do so. So you said you, your mom watches The Ranch. I was looking that, and it says season four will be the last of it. Yeah, although each season's broken into two parts. Oh, yeah, it's that one you were talking about yeah. before. Okay. But, but yeah, yeah I, I, even, I even downloaded Netflix, the app, and put it on her iPad. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I don't know if she's tried it yet. I, try, I, I, I did several times. I, like, logged her out. I was like, go back in. What are you going to click on? Where are you going to go? You know, so, <laughs> you know, so I – but last night when I went over, I said, so have you watched any more? And she was like, no, she hadn't yet. Um, but well, maybe it's 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 an experience. I created her own little, you know, profile. Yeah. Profile, yeah. But I mean, maybe she's just using that as an excuse to come spend some time with you. Well, in that case, you know, it seems like she would have just, you know, come over to watch the ranch all the time, and she wouldn't even need the, you know, the iPad. <laughs> anyway, 
Because, I mean, she came over, we watched like four episodes when she came over the other night, you know. Um, okay. So, I mean, do you at least enjoy it? Or is it just... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually farther into the series than she is. Oh, okay. Okay. But I only watch like one or two episodes of that a week. And so, I mean, she usually, like, she'll sit there and like, she usually buys DVD sets and she'll just watch like the entire series of something in like three days. Yeah, binge it, of course. Yeah. So I told her she'll probably pass me, you know, in no time. But, you know, because I do binge some things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I binged uh, Star Trek Discovery and I binged Scream and I'll binge uh, like a whole season of American Horror Story or something. But when it comes to like comedies, um, I can't binge those. I don't know why. If it's something like um, even like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'll watch like an episode here. and A few days later, I'll watch another one. Um, but when I watch like two, three in a row, it's like it's not as funny to me. Um, oh, okay, okay. I don't know what it is, but if it's if it's a drama, I can binge them. But if it's comedy, I like to space that out. I guess maybe I just don't watch enough comedy. The last one I can remember binging was The Good Place, and then of course I'm you know current with with all of the episodes. But yeah, I don't. I'm. I think I spend so much time watching dramas that. I don't really think about that because, yeah, I will just I'll get excited about being able to binge something because it's like, you know, if you're not binging, then it's like, oh, what do I watch next? And, you know, so I like having series to uh, jump into. So um, I do think it's interesting, though. The th- I guess every year with Netflix, it's always like, well, who, who are, you know, what series are they canceling, that kind of thing. Because, you know, it's like, I feel like it's not supposed to be um, like regular television. And so I would like to believe that they will, I don't know, support and produce a show longer just to, to get, you know, a better audience. They I feel like they have more time, especially since they you know, release everything on one day. Uh, Some shows that recently got canceled or will not be coming back include the OA. I watched the first season of that. It was very, very trippy. And I opted not to watch the second uh, season. They've also canceled... um, Well, I watched The 100... It is coming back for a seventh season, and then it's going to be canceled after that. Yeah, and a couple of my friends on Facebook watch that, but I've never had. Yeah, it's it's Kenrick started watching it, and then I ended up watching it, and so it it, it always happens where he'll watch something or start to, and I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to pay attention to it. Right. And then inevitably I end up following it. And then when he does his annoying thing where he wants to rewind and I'm like, were you not paying attention? This is your show, not my show. Why do I know more about it than you know about it? Right. So it this was one of those where he was watching it and had lost track and I, I ended up explaining it to him. So I was like, yeah, I may as well just keep watching it. So, um, so yeah. Hmm. But I know that there's others that are canceled. Apparently, 13, Re- 13 Reasons Why, which I know is popular, uh, they've renewed, but um, it, the fourth season is the final season. You know, it's funny what you had said about how you think of uh, Netflix as being, you know, having more time for shows, because um, I heard something very recently. One of the podcasts I listened to, 
they uh, do like analysis of TV show ratings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know why I find it interesting, but I didn't. And um, they talked about Netflix and the co-host had asked the other co-host, uh, he says, you know, why is it that so many Netflix shows get canceled after the fourth season? Mm-hmm. And he said that because the way the Netflix contracts are drawn up, that if the show goes beyond the fourth season, then pretty much everybody involved gets like a huge A raise. Oh, it goes into effect with season five. And so Netflix is only willing to, to do that. If it's like, you know, something hugely popular. So like, like Orange is the New Black kind of thing. If it's one right. of those phenomenons, then they'll... I, that's yeah. very interesting, actually, to, to well, find that the out. The other guy asked what I thought was a good question, which is like, you know, well, if that's an issue, why don't they just change how they do contracts? <laughs> right? And he said that, well, now it's become like kind of an industry standard. Yeah, yeah. Like with a streaming television show that you're you'll get a certain... Um, locked in salary thing for four seasons mm-hmm. and, and beyond that is when you know your raises kick in and um so but yeah oh and correction the 100 is on cw i was looking further into the article so so yeah i do think that that is really interesting it's disappointing though i, I will say this much generally speaking netflix is good about um, giving uh, a series at least two seasons, usually. Yeah. Um, because I do find it very frustrating when the networks will put out a series and after the first season, they're like, yeah, we're done. Um, yeah. Not enough people were paying attention kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, but sometimes you really need the first and then the second to see what happens. Because you, you can make, in some cases, really great first seasons, you right. know, when you get to the second, it either jumps the shark or it could theoretically get better. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm fortunately not really watching anything right now that is on the cancellation bubble. Mm-hmm. I'm very determined during uh, like the new year when it comes to them putting out new shows, I'm always very apprehensive about what it is that I pick up because of and and speaking more to the networks because i know that i will fall in love with the series and then they'll cancel it so so yeah um i was last week as i was uh doing some stuff for the podcast i realized i had subscribed way back when to your old the shadow fan podcast i listened to your last episode which was recorded in july of 2015 so you're saying that you you that you're lonely and all that kind of stuff but you didn't continue with that why did you stop you were able to listen to the old episode yeah it was downloaded on my system oh okay i was about to say it shouldn't be stored anywhere anymore but uh um because i stopped paying for that storage um Ah. No, it was just one of those things. I mean, I didn't have time to, to keep doing it. Because the last one was like a quick episode, and you're like, oh, and we're going to get into it more, and then nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, I just didn't have time to, um, to keep doing it. And then after a while, I'm like, why am I paying, you know, 12 bucks a month to have it up there when I'm not doing new ones? And so I just mm-hmm. took it down. So I, mean, I have all the episodes, but they're on Julian uh, T'Challa's laptop. Oh, okay. 
and so i mean you're just not interested enough at this point or to to continue it because i mean like you said you've been saying oh you're lonely and that kind of stuff are you too busy at this point well i mean i don't know i mean me doing a podcast doesn't make you not lonely i'd still be doing a damn podcast by myself well i mean like if i'm when i'm doing the podcast with you i'm not lonely in that moment so (laughs) yeah yeah but i mean then i either have to find somebody else to do a new podcast with or, you know, what am I going to do? Convince you to do like a shadow fan podcast? No, but you did the other one on your own. It was great on your yeah. own. So, and, and I tell you, there have been thoughts where I'm like, you know, I'd love to do a podcast about this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, but I don't think I would love paying for the storage. Oh my God. <laughs> well, see, and my problem is so I would I love to do about, others, but I, I don't know. Just recording uh, a few podcasts for myself and just not posting them anywhere. <laughs> Just give me an opportunity to talk about shit, you know. Well, I mean, and I've thought, like, there have been times where I'm like, oh, God, I wish I was far more interesting. So I could just do a solo uh, podcast. But I have, I don't know what I would talk about. I really don't. Well, see, for me, the problem is I have, like, too many things I want to talk about. Yeah, and I have nothing. You get the best of me in this (laughs) this podcast. And, yeah, that's that's, kind of sad. That that is really because <laughs> so, I'm like you know you read all these books and I mean you know I read but I read a lot like a, at a snail's pace um, I have to work in leisure reading while I'm on the treadmill that is when I get my leisure reading in mm. but and so I you know read obviously a lot slower so it's not like I could you know I'm, I'm not interested in reviewing the book kind of thing uh, but. But yeah, I find that you're far more interesting. And I mean, I enjoyed that mini um, broadcast when I listened back to it. So, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed doing it. Um, You know, and there were 325 shadow novels, so I didn't get through all of them. Right, exactly. (laughs) And I actually, I have, there's, there's this one guy who, he's very sad that they're not up anymore. And he's, He's offered, you know, if I send you CDs, you know, would you burn the episodes on them and, and mail oh, them to no. me? And I said, well, it's just they're on my son's laptop. I have to get the laptop. I would actually have to do something. That's what. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you drive down, get the laptop, do all that. So. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. <laughs> That's, I mean, I, I think that you, you should for, for the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's offered me all kinds of money, and it's like, I just, I just don't, don't have time. Or, you know, but oh, I, I, I guess I, because he had a suggestion. He was like, maybe you can like just upload them to YouTube because it's free. Okay. And so I found a thing online that would convert MP3s to the format, you know, that you can just have on a YouTube video. And uh, oh god, that thing took forever. It was going like. It was like two hours. It was almost finished. And I'm like, you know what? Nah, I just stopped it. Uh, oh, and I guess I'm, I was wrong. So the last episode that I um, heard was not the last episode. So I guess, you know, I had had that within my iTunes account. So I'm looking online because the, the, the page for your, um, the, the podcast is still up. Really? So I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious to see if any of them play or downloads. But it's still there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, on Podbean. I stopped paying for the the storage, so. 
<laughs> if it's still out there, let me know. I'll send the guy that over there. Yeah, I will check that out because yeah, it's it looks like it was um, pulled into the feed on Podbean, um, even though you were doing it on Libsyn. I see. Yeah. So hmm, interesting. Yeah, and I mean it was pretty cool. I mean that's how I got to be friends with Michael Uslin. Um, you know, I, I became friends with Anthony Tolan. But see, uh, there's a demand for what you for that. It's a niche, a really special thing. So I certainly would encourage you to continue doing it again. I mean, I'm not saying I'd listen to it, but I do think it would be cool for you to go back to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I've thought about like other obscure like comic books and stuff. I was like, yeah. I'll do like a Micronauts podcast or ROM or something, you know, but yeah. That would be cool. I mean, you have this this wealth of knowledge with all of this kind of stuff. And I mean, I know it's it's very, I guess, almost specialized. And for for all the individuals out there who love that kind of stuff, I mean, you're doing them a great service by doing it. <laughs> I listen to tons of podcasts. I mean, I listen to, I think I've subscribed to 27 podcasts. Jeez. I, where do you find the time to, well, I, you're lonely, so. <laughs> I, mean, I listen to it every time I'm in the car. So like I, I, you know, I listen to it on the way to work, on the way back from work, if I'm driving around town. Um, I actually look forward to if I have like a, a trip I have to go on. Because mm -hmm. uh, I'm like, hell, I'll knock out like five, six of them, you know, on that trip. Um See, I'm very rarely in my vehicle. So even when I am, it's not to travel these long distances. So I think it would probably take me six months to finish a whole book, um, which I know a lot of people do audible when they're driving. Uh, but I don't know where I'd find the time to do to listen to the podcast because, you know, I can't do certain things while listening to something of interest. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, like, I, I only yeah, listen back to hours. <laughs> I, I finished listening to a podcast uh, or a new episode of guilty. Uh, it's like a podcast about interesting trials and stuff. So this was all about the Chicago eight from uh, the 1968 democratic convention. And um, it was interesting. Uh, I listened to one that's about UFOs. Mm -hmm. I listened to one that's about just like weird conspiracies. Um, I have like, Oh God, there's like 15 or 16 different comic book ones. I listened to. Jeez. Um, there's oh, tons and tons of them. Yeah, know. I just, because I'm just now, of course, starting to listen back to subscribed um, music. So the fact that, and there are some podcasts that I technically follow, but I've never listened to. So <laughs> it's just it's just too much. There's so much information overload, and I just can't even find the time. So um, I just need to be better about that, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I love them. A lot of teachers listen to them. I'll be walking by their classrooms and stuff and I'll hear, you know, so-and-so's podcast going. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I like, I mean, it's, to me, it's like we were talking about, you know, with documentaries and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, to me, they're almost like, you know, little audio documentaries about things. Yeah, little stories. Well, then talking, speaking about documentaries, I am, um, so I've been watching a lot of the ones on PBS and I've been very del deliberate in skipping over certain ones. Like I haven't watched anything uh, about like the Civil War or, or really the Great War, any of those just because like mentally it puts me in a weird place. But I, I, <laughs> as I was watching them, I, was thinking about oh my gosh 
what it really means to be an American and what what America had to do to get to where it is now, you uh-huh. know? So I was giving a lot more thought to um, how Americans are perceived and that maybe there, there's some validity in that because, you know, you think about how the English came over and basically annihilated the, the Indians, you know, the native yeah. people on the land, how mm-hmm. African-Americans were, you know, shipped over to, to, you know, work the land and to be slaves, um, all the way up to right now having basically um, Mexicans doing the jobs that in most people's cases that Americans don't want to do, but yet they want to gripe about it. Um, yeah. but it's, it's been very, very interesting. And it's making me think about things that I didn't used to. So it's almost like it's starting to strip away the veneer of, oh, you know, it's great to be an American. It's like, oh, wait a second. How did we get here? <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I have to be very careful with what it is that I watch because, um, you know, my takeaway from them often is, you know, we had to go through and do a lot of not nice things to be the country that we are today. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the stuff I'm going over with my American League class right now, I'm like, you know, so so let's look and see, you know, how are they describing the natives? You know, they're yeah. savages, they're uncivilized, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, we suck. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm wondering if how much further I should go down that rabbit hole, to be honest. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, because again, I, I live oftentimes by the mantra that ignorance is bliss. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm like, if I know too much, it could, you know, I'm like, I already have issues with depression. I don't need more to continue to depress me. Um, <laughs> so, but, um, so this week, uh, we went to go and see Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. I was thinking I'm maybe seeing it tomorrow night, but that's this week I don't have something going on. And I'm like, I might just want to come home and do nothing. Well, if you decide that you're going to go to the movies, I definitely think it's worth watching. Um, I went with Gwen and my parents because my parents, their birthdays were both this week. And it was pretty awesome. And then what was even better, I had forgotten that school was back in session because I was like, oh gosh, there's going to be all these people there and the theater's nasty. And nope, not at all. It was fantastic because there was less people there. And yeah, I mean, the, the movie itself was hilarious. And you wouldn't have had to even watch any of the Fast and Furious movies to yeah. enjoy that standalone. Because I asked my mother, who, you know, doesn't really watch anything. And she, she was like, no, it was, it was awesome. I had a really good time. It was, it was I mean, it was funny. It was hilarious. Right. And uh, they just really work well against each other. Um, so, so I, I would certainly recommend that you go and see it at yeah, some I point. Know, a lot of people make fun of The Rock, but I, mean, I like The I Rock. I like him. I like him. <laughs> and I know some of it, I mean, look, it, he has all of his movies aren't great, but he's likable in all yes. of them. And that's why I enjoy uh, Dwayne Johnson or The Rock movies because he is just likable. So, like, yeah. I watch him in the HBO series Ballers. And, yeah, I've never seen any of that. Oh, it's so good. It is so good. And, I mean, I, I think I'd watch him in almost anything, to be honest. I just, for me, he is a draw. Not because, oh, he's easy on the eyes or anything. He's just, like you said, he's likable. 
And right. honestly, not a lot of actors really fall into that category, unfortunately. So, so yeah, um, it was worth seeing. I recommend seeing it. I'm looking forward to their, there being a sequel. I was surprised by some of the individuals in there. I did not know they were going to be showing up in the movie. So mm. I was pleasantly surprised because I only, I really only knew of the top three, you know, the main three stars that were going to be mm. in it. Well, there are two other very high profile stars who are in the movie. So, like people from the other Fast and Furious or just big stars? No, big stars. And I don't, yeah. I don't think because I've not watched much of the Fast and Furious series. I don't know if they're also in them yeah. i assume maybe but it was a very pleasant surprise and then i will also say you need to stay until the very 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 end because yeah mm. that's it 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 takes on a life like marvel where you need to be at when the credits are done because they even have a, a post scene after that so <laughs> but it was good it was good so please go see it um and then you know you'll let me know and i guess our listeners know what you think uh, i do think it was interesting whenever i watch certain movies i like to i'm, I'm a fan of wikipedia so right. if something is of interest i immediately like that's one of my uh, main apps on my uh on my phone is that i'll go to wikipedia look it up you know to find out okay how much did it make how much did it cost and just other little nuances uh, one of the things I discovered was that uh, one of the producers of this movie was basically a, a lead producer on the Fast and Furious movies, and he sued the production company, um, or the studio, I should say, because he was not given that um, credit on this, this movie. Mm. And so he sued them, and in addition to that, they have basically said okay you're not working on anymore <laughs> so they, they just yeah so again it's just you know for those of us who geek out over just interesting facts it's like oh okay cool so so yeah good movie a fun movie it lets you kind of not have to think about anything too seriously um yeah. and of course oh yeah well so four top stars idris elba was awesome in it um but again he's also one of those people that i would you know don't mind watching him and him and anything so right. um so next week we will probably see the kitchen which of course is the the movie that has tiffany haddish and elizabeth moss and oh, why am i drawing a blank the kitchen. melissa mccarthy yeah um all three of them are in it they're basically just on the trailers they're basically like mob boss no, oh, not, not, yeah mob wives yeah. or whatever yeah so that yeah. one will be out next week or i just checked to see what's going to be out on tuesday since that's movie day so we'll either watch that one or we're gonna see dora and the lost city of gold so Which, uh, one of my friends went and saw that he said he liked it a lot I mean, I think it it looks cute, and yeah, I mean, I want to see it, so it'll be one or the other for this coming week, and then, you know, the assumption is one or the other will still be in the theater the next week, and then we'll just pick that one up, so, so yeah. I know, I know you don't like horror movies, but I was kind of interested in scary stories to tell in the dark, but... I remember reading the books, yeah. but uh, yeah, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> Um, the kitchen looked good, but I think I'd, I'd probably see Hobbs and Shaw if I go to one tomorrow. 
yes and and that should be the one that you would see that you see because again like i said it, it's just fun to watch yeah it's serious but it doesn't get too too serious although they have like a moment here and there but it doesn't last so long that you know that it you're not at all confused by the fact that it, it really is kind of a comedy <laughs> so yeah. um so yes i i think it's totally worth seeing so some things that I noted that we had kind of maybe discussed in the past but didn't really get too much into uh, was the Democratic debates. I think the week that they were on and we did our recording, we were talking about other stuff. But did you watch any of them? No, I mean, I saw some highlights on the news, mm -hmm. but I didn't watch them. Yeah, that was basically what I did as well. Um, I remember there was one that came on, Kay was here. And he, I was watching something on TV and he was like, oh, are you going to watch the debate? I'm like, no. <laughs> and I mean, again, it's not like I am not interested. I mean, sometimes yeah. I just am not interested. But I was like, it's just, I, I told him, I am honest, honestly fearful that because of this circus of Democratic candidates, that we will end up in the same situation that we did for the last election and there'll be so much confusion in the democratic party and so much just noise that trump will be elected again so yeah i i mean i don't want that to happen obviously because you know i in the things i don't think that i'm necessarily liberal or or leftist when i'm researching stuff online but i'm still seeing so much out there that is basically saying that Trump doesn't know what he's doing, and yet. But the people know, who love him don't care. Yeah, and I and that's what I can't really fully understand. You know, I'm like mm -hmm. when these things are happening that you see. Um, for example, my my next segue is the the most recent shootings. Yeah. I'm like, I how do you, you know, if the the leader of the free world or whatever is basically downplaying or, or just not giving attention, the attention that's needed to these types of issues. I, I just, I, I, it, it's just very, very upsetting. So I continue as usual to mostly live under a rock because when the shootings that, so there was a shooting in Gilroy, California, that one happened first back on July okay. 28th. And that one had three people who were killed and about 13 people wounded. I didn't even know about that one. It was, wasn't it last weekend? Yeah, August 3rd and 4th. I happened to only know that this, these mass shootings happened because the TV was uh, set on, I guess, CNN. And I only noticed because I was going through to like turn on the TV to watch another show that had been recorded and I heard about it. But like I heard two or three seconds or minutes, I guess of it and then I just I just started watching what I'd recorded because I was like I I I honestly at this point I can't even you know I yeah <laughs> so the the one in El Paso of course uh killed 22 people yeah. and injured 24 and the one in Dayton Ohio there were nine that were killed and then 30 who had been injured and so again the the issue of gun control is always you know, comes to mind when these types of things happen, especially, you know, when you think about it, we, America's not known for having mass shootings. We're not, you know, like the Middle East or any, you know, other places that are on civil unrest. 
we don't expect to go somewhere and get shot and killed in public. Um, and the fact that it's happening with more frequency and that nothing, what, I mean, I feel like nothing is really being done to curtail it. Um, I don't see gun control as a, as a bad word. Like I'm not against people having guns, but I do think that it should be far more stringent and that, for example, no one needs to have, if you're a civilian, no one needs a semi-automatic weapon. Um, it just, it's, I mean, I know it's a part of even a bigger conversation, but um, what are, what is your thoughts on what's been happening? Yeah. I mean, I, I heard about the El Paso shooting right away and um, I didn't hear about the one in Ohio until the next day mm -hmm. um, when I saw people were talking about, you know, two shootings in like 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. I thought that it was like, oh, they're still talking about the, the shooting. It's like, oh no, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I believe in gun control. I don't think there's any reason for a, a normal person to have an assault weapon. Mm -hmm. And you know, those people who say, well, the criminals, they're not going to go and turn in their guns. But the thing is, most of these mass shootings aren't being done by what you would consider criminals. Mm -hmm. It's not the people who are out on the streets selling drugs who are doing the mass shootings. The mass shootings are being done by white guys who are like me. And what I mean by that is they seem like normal guys. That, you know, they're white and they have a gun. And they go out and they start shooting people. Mm -hmm. um, Our own homegrown terrorists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are terrorists. And a lot of it is um, racially driven. Yep. Um, and I just think that, and I can look, I can understand the appeal of wanting to collect guns. Mm -hmm. I almost think we should let anybody have whatever guns they want and we should regulate the sale of ammunition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Hey, you want to collect a, a 1930s era mouser? I can, I can understand that. Put it on the wall, mm -hmm. take it out sometimes, hold it in your hand. Show right. it. Yeah. I mean, they're pieces right. of art as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think you need to put a bullet in it and start shooting. No. Yeah. Um, I, and I know I, the gun enthusiasts, they love to shoot stuff, but to me, that's, that's weird. I mean, it's like, I, I have some, you know, like collectible knives and stuff. And, you know, I've had them on the wall and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't need to be walking around downtown with a sword on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just I can understand the appeal of wanting to own them because they can be beautiful and cool. They can be historical. Um, but I don't, I don't feel the need to stab anything. Um, right. And so, anyway. But, yeah, I, I believe in gun control. I think it's way too easy to get weapons. Um, I think that it should be much more highly regulated, you know, even with all the, like the Brady bill and things like that, they put like a waiting limit on, on gun purchases and stuff like that. I can log on to the internet. I guarantee you and find individuals, private individuals selling guns mm -hmm. around Jones County. Um, so, I mean, I don't even have to go through a store. I can just find some dude with a pistol and buy it from him. Right. Um, I just think it's way too easy. And all those people who say, oh, well, you know, the criminals are still going to be doing this. Kind of, you can look at every other country in the world that has far stricter gun laws. Mm -hmm. This kind of thing doesn't happen there. Exactly. That's the thing they can't explain away. 
it doesn't happen other places. And every time something stupid happens, like today, there was somebody who went and stabbed four people. I don't know if you heard about that. No. And there were, of course, people immediately posting on Facebook, you know, oh, see, even if you took the guns away, killer's still going to kill. Oh, my gosh. It's like, yeah, he killed four freaking people. That's a big difference than killing 20-something and injuring 50-something in, like, 30 seconds. Right. It's, it's a lot different. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, the fact that it's now becoming so much more a part of the mainstream culture. Yeah. Um, you know, because again, when I'm, I mean, I know growing up, this was never something I thought about. Yeah. Certainly as far as being in the U.S. and stuff, it's like these things do not happen. And then, yeah, and I was also thinking too, unless I somehow missed it, this kind of stuff wasn't even really happening in, in, in such frequency when Obama was president. You know, I mean, stuff happens, but not, you know, I, again, I, maybe I'm wrong. I can be wrong, but I don't think it was this frequent. You know, I guess those who are Trump supporters will say, oh, well, they're just, you know, pick, nitpicking and, and, you know, that kind of stuff like, oh, because he's president and you want to find something else to knock against him. But it doesn't feel as safe as it used to. Yeah. Um, I, yeah at the schools, I mean, we have to do active shooter trainings. Wow. Um, you know, we have to do at least one active shooter drill every year. Oh, wow. But last year, I mean, during the pre-planning part, I mean, they brought in, you know, people from GBI and stuff to kind of talk to us about, you know, specifics. Um, but, I mean, it's, you know, it is kind of scary. And, of course, the kids are very blasé about it, actually. They're like, oh, that would never happen here. But It's like, yeah, but it does. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it could. Because, I mean, I know for me in the in the late 90s in high school, that was when the bomb threat stuff started to happen with more frequency. Of course, the Oklahoma City bombing and that kind of stuff happened yeah. during that time. And, yeah, I mean, I remembered how disheartening it was. But at the same time, I didn't think – I didn't really think that it was – there was anything that was going to happen to us. Um yeah. But now I'm like, yeah, I don't know where you're technically safe or where you could feel safe in the U.S., whether you're having to struggle with the idea of people just arbitrarily killing people or the fact that now racial tensions are, are higher or noticeably higher. Um, it's just it's yeah, it's a very, very different world. I feel almost like for me in my era that the Obama period was like Camelot and then this is just like the wild west gone crazy or something. Um, it's, it's just, it is just very frustrating. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, I did, I did think that, you know, and I, I tell the kids, I said, you know, maybe I was naive. I, I did feel like over the course of my lifetime, I thought that race relations were getting better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought that there's still a lot of a lot of things that needed to improve, but I thought that things were getting better. And and I think maybe maybe I was naive. Maybe there was still just as much racism as ever. And those people just weren't as vocal. And now they think they can be. But something has changed, mm-hmm. um, whether they're more racist now than they used to be or they're just more brave than they used to be. I, think I wouldn't say it's brave, brazen, yes. Yeah, brazen. <laughs> um, because it used to be that if somebody espoused racist views, they were shunned yeah. and 
their careers would be over. Yeah, we were more civilized. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that when Obama was elected, I thought, well, that's a great symbol right there mm-hmm. of how far we have come. And I think that what it really did was it, it was the final straw for all the hidden racists. Hmm. You know, that they had, see, they had put up with everything they could put up until you finally put a black man in the White House. Right. And I think that was terrifying to them. I think that was the biggest sign of anything that they, they felt like we're in danger now of losing who we are and what America's supposed to be, which is for white people. Right. And see, yeah, and that circles right back to what I was talking about, going yeah. as far back to our founding and the things that are done by, quote unquote, the white man yeah. <laughs> to establish, you know, America as we know it. And yeah, it's very, very scary because I never used to think about like I don't immediately go to race when something happens. You right. know, like, I know my husband, he's very much like, oh, it's because this person's black or this person's Hispanic. I'm like, I, I don't know. I, even though I was, you know, I grew up here in Georgia, I did not feel <laughs> that, you know, I didn't feel like I was living in the South kind of thing as far as, you know, oh, I'm black and so I'm going to be treated differently. I didn't yeah. even really consider the fact that, you know, what Stone Mountain means to some individuals, you know, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. now I'm like, you know... I, I still don't immediately go to it, but then there's a pause and then it's like, oh, but wait, you know, and I don't like being what I feel is, is being cynical, you know, have, and. Have you ever read The Hate You Give? No, I have not read it. Okay. The, the movie version, but the movie's not as good as the book, of course. Okay. But, um. I, I tend to stay, stay away from those t- that subject matter. <laughs> well, I, I know, I, I know, but I actually thought of you several times when um when I was reading the Hate You Give, and I would mention um I, I didn't tell him your name or anything, but I, when we were reading the book in class, um several times I would mention you know oh you know my best friend at the library she would say this same thing, mm-hmm. right? And uh, because there's a whole thing in there about code switching. And code switching is when you behave differently in different environments. Right, right. So in The Hate You Give, there's a young African-American girl. She's the main character, Star is her name. Mm -hmm. And she's from the hood. But things are so bad there that her parents spend all their money sending her and her brothers to basically this white school. It's a private school. And she has a white boyfriend and, and all this kind of stuff. And there's a lot of pressure on her, she feels, because when she's at home, she's one person. But when she's at school, she has to be different. Mm-hmm. Because at home, she can, you know, give somebody the side eye. She can be, you know, snide. Uh, she can be street. But as a black girl, she can't be street at the school. Right. Because the first time she gives somebody attitude, then she's like that angry black girl. Exactly. So she has to be almost more white than the white people in order. See, I'm just, I'm more white just by, you know, because I'm yeah, just more white. There you go. <laughs> and there was but, other stuff in there too. Like, you know, the, the way that um, sometimes people would say, oh, you know, you're talking white. And, um, yes, and I just I, I experienced who that. Would, who would meet you and be surprised that you weren't white, mm-hmm. you know, because they thought you sounded white. Right. You know, 
and, and that whole idea that you can sound white or sound black or whatever, you know, um, sometimes people just sound, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, I will say I am guilty of when I hear, if I'm hearing someone speak and not seeing them, I do in my head say, okay, is this person white or black? Um, well, I, and and I, some, sometimes <laughs> I have to admit, sometimes I'm like, okay, this is obviously a black person. Yes, exactly. Or <laughs> obviously a white person. Cause you could just, I don't know. I don't, there's no way to say it without sounding racist, you know, but yes. <laughs> like something you can just picture, you know? Right. Um, but then sometimes, sometimes I don't know, you know, um, but star was always kind of annoyed that the default for being, um, upper class is white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And she was talking about how, you know, in the book she talks about at some points they, you know, it's, it's almost a little cool to be black amongst white kids because you automatically have a certain status. Right. Just assume that you're up on certain subjects, <laughs> you know, that they would ask you, you know, for advice on these things. Like, you know, that you're black, you know, and um, this kind of thing. But I think you ought to read The Hate You Give. It's, it's, it's a, a YA book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you can read it really fast, but it's a pretty good book. And it was great for getting great discussions with the kids. The kids loved it. I mean, they were so into it. Um, but read the book before you watch the movie because the movie like gets rid of certain characters and stuff. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I think the book is better for having those characters in them. Um, but I know you'll just watch the movie, but the movie. No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember when I saw the trailers and stuff for it. So when you were talking about it, I definitely knew what you were talking about, but I just, you know, for me, and again, maybe it's just me wanting to be ignorant or to remain ignorant about certain things. I am, I've always been very, very weird about the, the, the historical things that I will allow myself to delve into. Yeah. So, um, for example, I never watched the, the movie, The Butler. I, I didn't want to see it um, again, or, I, or um, sorry, or even the uh, 12 Years a Slave did not, did not watch it. I, cause I'm like, I, I don't know if it's just that for me, I'm like, I'm okay with simply knowing that we were treated wrong. I don't need to relive all of that. I don't, you know, and, and I'm not saying there's not relevance to it now. Of course there are, there is relevance, but I don't want to feed that side of me, which I think everyone has where it's like, you know, Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to blame this on other people or just it's just a lot of negative negativity and i'm like i just i can't i live in a negative place in my head anyway i don't need to to bring this onto myself but yeah i mean the things you were talking about just i remember in middle school i started dating um someone who who was white and i remember the black kids in school i remember specifically came over to my classroom and asked basically what 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 was wrong with me yeah you know and i'm like i i don't understand because you know? <laughs> i mean you know not to say that there's not racism and stuff in jamaica there's certainly issues with that as well as classism but i i don't immediately run to you know oh well yeah i'm gonna date this person because they're a certain color or anything like that and then yeah i spoke differently than 99.9 percent of the 
African-American individuals in school. So, you know, one of my nicknames, now granted, I was okay with it because it was like a best friend of mine would call me Whitey, but, you know, I also... (laughs) But I mean, you know, if we know if if I'm cool with it and we're cool, you you can get away with that. But I mean, much in the way that I gave you your nickname, which I won't say, because <laughs> it is certainly racist. Um, but Papa Bear. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, yeah, I was, as some people said, the whitest black person that they knew. Um, and I'm like, I don't see it as a color thing. I just saw it as, you know, in the way of my parents wanting me to have better opportunities for myself. And and that wasn't to say that, you know, being, well, yeah, being poor or, or anything like that, it, it, yeah, it's like everything else where it's like, oh, well, if you're poor, you associate it with black. Uh, if you think of the ghettos, you associate it with black, um, you know, and yeah, unfortunately, the private school system and stuff like that had more white people than not. Um, I mean, there are so many other I- issues at work behind <laughs> how that works. And, you know, again, I think I just want to remain naive about certain things because I, I, I can't solve that issue. I can be um, sympathetic towards it. I can be tolerant about certain things, but I, I can't live with continually thinking about how there are people in this world who don't like me because of simply the color of my skin. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I no, I have more to think about in life than that. So it is unfortunate that people are so close-minded um, that they see color as some some you know something to to be able to sort and say well these people are dumb because they're this color again i don't get it (laughs) um but it it is just it's just really really unfortunate how things are progressing or digressing or whatever (laughs) with the with the world today yeah um yeah when we during one of our discussions with the hate you give you know i asked the kids you know, with the, because we looked at all the numbers about African-Americans in the prison system. And there was some number like between African-American males, between the ages of like 17 and 25 nationwide, it was like one in five mm-hmm. was currently either incarcerated on parole, on probation or in some aspect of the judicial system. Right. And I said, you know, that's like in this room, you know, at the time I said, you know, there's like, you know, 14, you know, black boys. I said, that means on average, three of you (laughs) are like, you know, and I, I said, but is it, is it just a racial thing or is it a class thing? You know, I think it's definitely both. Yes, yeah, probably both. But I said, you know, it could be that part of it is that there's more poor people who are black mm-hmm. than the other race. And poor people tend to get harsher sentences. And part of it's because they can't afford good defense. Yeah, it's a crazy, it, when you think about it in your head, it's like this crazy Venn diagram of, yeah. of how that works. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, that, but you know, and I just told him. I said, you know, there's lots of different things about it. I mean, I remember um, 
you know, in high school, my best friend was black and um, being with him one time at the, the mall in Milledgeville. And I remember um, the people who worked there was like following us all around, you know, but I mentioned something too. And he was like, yeah, they always do that. And I'm like, I never noticed anybody following me. That's your white privilege. <laughs> and I, I told the kids, I said, you know, I know that for some, you know, black people, if they get pulled over by a cop, I mean, you, I understand why you would be terrified, mm-hmm. right? But when I get pulled over by a cop, I'm like, what the hell does he want? Right, right. I, mean, I wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not afraid for my life. You know, I'm just annoyed, you know? Yeah. Whereas if I were, if I were a black guy, I can understand why. I mean, I, I think I would be worried. Um, and of course, you know, it was funny because in one part of the movie and the book, um, these two cops are harassing this one black guy. And one of the cops is white and the other one's black. And um, man, those kids, I mean, they got so, they, when they, they, you know, they were so angry at parts of the story, you know, and all this kind of stuff. They're talking about the characters. But they all, they were much angrier at that black cop. And and I mentioned, I said, you know, so I noticed that there's a lot more anger at the black officer than the white one in this situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was all like, yeah, I mean, they, they just couldn't stand that. They, they, they had a lot more dislike for a black police officer than a white one, because it was almost like he was one of them actually said, you know, oh, you know, he's like a, he's a house, you know. Oh, and then I guess to a sellout. <laughs> because you you know and yeah I mean and I I can you know certainly being of color I can certainly understand why there would be more anger towards someone of color um treating you badly even if it's the the black person and the white person because it's like do you not know what it's like being an African-American person you know so yeah I can understand that kind of anger being you know you know, cast in that direction because, yeah. and I mean, it's sad though too, because it's like, oh yeah, well the white person's just doing you know, what white, white people do, <laughs> you right, know, right. and yeah, I mean, and it's so sad that we can't ever really get past that where it can just be, oh, I'm pulling you over because I'm pulling you over, that color is not at all a factor, and you know, I will say honestly that for me, and I mean, I've done some soul searching and stuff over the years, I feel as though I, I played on the fact that I'm not a darker skin black person. So I'm allowed to, I allowed is a, a strong word, but I can do things that people of color <laughs> that are of a darker hue can't. When someone sees me, I think they the perception of me is very different than if I, if my skin tone was darker. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the way I speak is different, but um, so in some ways one can argue that I was able to hide behind the fact that sure. Yes. I'm a, a person of color, but I could in some ways maybe pass as white or that, Oh, I'm not that bad kind of black person. <laughs> You're not black, black. Right, exactly. I'm not black, black. I'm, I, I would definitely be one of those house Negroes. So, um, but I mean, again, yeah, it's sad that it, it, at the end of the day, some of these things just come down to color. Yeah. And again, I don't, I, you know, and, you know, there's truth in some, in some stereotypes, but then again, some stereotypes live simply because 
the situations were ideal to to cultivate that stereotype you know for example you know like uh the stereotype of indians or even uh asians being smarter it's like well i mean they concentrate more on school <laughs> so you know that that's of more importance than it is here in america uh, i was talking my mom and gwen and i were discussing yesterday about she was asking gwen was asking whether or not we'd ever you know consider moving back to jamaica i was like no <laughs> and i said i'm too american at this point and i said and i don't necessarily mean that in a positive way uh, americans are by and large uh, more arrogant <laughs> um yeah. our expectations are a lot different um you know we said for example jamaica is very much on island time and everything there is very laid back so for example if you have something break and you try to call someone to come fix it good luck with you on that they may show up a week later um you know so some like you know especially if you've not left the country or been exposed to other cultures you don't realize just how different americans are and their mentality are and again i you know myself included than it is if you live in a different country right you know the expectations are a lot different you know because i'm like oh i can't live in jamaica because i need my central heating and air um you know i i need to be able to get my amazon two-day delivery kind of thing i need to you know these things that we kind of cling to as americans is very much a societal thing for us that other countries don't don't share and so when they say you know when they start to have issues with how we perceive things or our expectations of things you know i'm i'm not gonna say that they're wrong because <laughs> you know i do hate stereotypes but there is some truth in there so so yeah yeah i remember oh. in the hey you give there's one part where um her boyfriend talks about white guilt mm-hmm. and uh and the kids were all like what's that and um so i was trying to explain to him about white guilt you know and they're like do you feel that mysteries i was like sure i said i mean you know i teach you know martin luther king's speeches i teach about the civil rights movement all this kind of stuff i said you know white people throughout history have pretty much sucked um i said you know we've done horrible things mm-hmm. throughout history um and then i mean and then we whitewash history um yeah. you know and because i mean you know just even for example i, I know we mentioned uh, i rewatched hidden figures a couple weeks ago and i'm like yeah there's so much about other cultures other you know the like again with uh mexicans or or latinos or just other groups that in our what we are taught in school we we it's as if they don't exist you know there's yeah. very little done and then of course yeah then you have the you know oh, the token black history month kind of thing okay right. that's where you're going to get your black exposure but it's like they you know african americans and other races have contributed in large ways to our civilization but we don't really concentrate on those we yeah. concentrate on the white man <laughs> so yeah. and i mean that is very sad it's very disheartening you know, because I was when I was watching the stuff on the the on PBS Chasing the Moon, and they talked about a part where they had considered having you know the first black astronaut during right. like the Mercury period, and 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 it was like 
I didn't even think about that. You know, I didn't, I mean, for one, I didn't even know about it, you know? And so, yeah, it, it's just unfortunate that the way history is often written, it's from the victor and the victor's white people. <laughs> so usually, yeah. so like you said, yeah, you as a, a, a Caucasian individual, I'm sure feel some sense of uh, frustration or even just being sorry that this is the legacy <laughs> Um, that, you know, I guess being Caucasian carries is that, you know, and, and again, like, if you think about, there's some people who then go on the far side of it when they talk about reparations for black people. And I, I don't know how I truly feel about it. I was watching one uh, documentary about the Grand Coulee Dam and how they had displaced the Native Americans. Uh, mm -hmm. Indians who lived there and they completely obliterated the like the salmon production uh, all sorts of stuff and they said that 50 years later the government paid them reparations that paid them like I think 50 million dollars uh, and then every year they pay them 15 million or something yeah. and I'm like it just it <laughs> I don't know. I, I think maybe the spirit, of, the spirit of it is what disturbs me that it's like, Oh, we've done bad to you. Well, here's some money and that should fix it. You know? Yeah, yeah. We're sorry. And I'm like, no, I think that really it's just, we need to make it better. You know, we need to be more inclusive. Um, I don't want, I don't want to have to celebrate a black history month. I want to be able to just celebrate history, you know, regardless yeah. of what color or what, whatever it it's, I mean, it's sad. And I, I think maybe, yeah, I, I'm clearly being very um, Pollyanna about it, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I real, really don't think we'll ever really get to that place where there's going to be, you know, a, a full acceptance because, you know, people are people <laughs> and yeah. find various reasons to discriminate, to discriminate and to, you know, treat people in ways that you should not be treating another human being yeah so let's end on a lighter it's note a serious episode. it has been for me to be like i'm so tired and then we get into all of this stuff and i mean i felt you know i i was grabbing for words kind of clumsily but we will end on something good tell me about your brand new game that you downloaded from the app store oh well yeah i'm still trying to seek my emotional equilibrium uh because uh love island ended last night so night before last, they had, they mentioned that there was the Love Island game on the App Store. Mm -hmm. So of course I downloaded it. And um, first of all, I think it's interesting that their their obvious assumption is that women are downloading the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't play as a man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a female house guest, and so I got to pick you know my body type and my hair and what kind of bikini I wanted to wear when I arrived. And um, then I met, I met all the other girls first, the other girl characters. And, um, you know, and there's opportunities. You know, it's like one of those games where, like, you're talking back and forth and you pick which option you want to answer with. Oh, choose your own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, what are you here for? You know, and you, I can answer, oh, I'm just looking to hook up. I'm looking for true love. Or, you know, I'm all about the money. Right. <laughs> um that was for true love, of course. Mm -hmm. And um, it's one of those where, you know, you, you have to pay attention to what the other characters tell you because later on there'll be opportunities for you to, you know, respond in ways that 
will either piss them off or make them like you more. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, after all this stuff with the girls, then the, the boys arrive, right? And uh, it's, <laughs> I have like, you know, these guys hitting on me and stuff. And um, <laughs> yeah, because I was going to play as a dude. Right. Course, right. But, uh, you know, so I was, I was a, this really cute chick with, you know, brown hair uh, named Abby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with an I-E or was it with the Y? Oh, no, I, I named her with a Y. Okay, okay. And um, Since it, she's going for true love and all, yeah, okay. Yeah, and so I played for like a couple of hours. And, <laughs> um, and then I like exited the game. Well, when I went back in yesterday, it was like starting me over. Oh. Right, and I was like, wait, so do I have to like play all the way through? It's not going to save my character? And I was like, screw that. So I, I deleted it. But, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. But, I mean, when you said, though, that you could not even play as a male, I, jeez, yeah. the things yeah. people assume, just like, you know, the girl toys versus boy toys and all that kind of stuff. It's right. like, why do you want to just make a general assumption that, okay. I mean, I, there's gorgeous women on the show, too. I, I mean, I know there's dudes watching it because I, like, hang out on the uh, Love Island Facebook page. Of course you do. Yeah, and there's tons <laughs> of guys you know, on it, um, who are obviously, you know, they're just as, you know, into it as the ladies are, mm-hmm. but I don't know, but, uh, Zach and Elizabeth won, uh, last night. And, um, so the way they, I don't, I, did you talk about them before? No, but they were the couple, okay. they were the couple who fell in love right away and, and they're really sweet. I think they're actually in love. Okay. Um, they're really, really sweet and they seem, you know, nice. So the way it works is at the end, you know, all the, the viewers got to vote, right? There's four couples left at the end. And so they got to vote on who they think should win. And so since Zach and Elizabeth won, they each got this like envelope, right? Okay. And inside one of the envelopes, right, is like this little coupon for $50,000, right? Mm-hmm. And so Zach opens his first. He doesn't have it, Right. So Elizabeth opens hers and she has it. And so at this point, you know, you have to reveal, are you really playing for love? Because you can keep the money. It's all yours. Okay. Or you can say, I would like to share it with Zach. Oh, okay. 25. And so of course she said, well, of course I want to share it. Oh, but, um, (laughs) Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, oh, you know, Dylan, he would have kept all that damn money. <laughs> like that, you know, um, you know, he was just playing, you know, his girl. Um, but yeah, Zach and Elizabeth, they were really sweet. They were the ones, I mean, everybody knew for weeks they would win because they were the only ones who actually seemed to be in love. Um, there was like a really sweet moment when he asked her to be his girlfriend uh, earlier and stuff. And, you know, Aww. I was just sitting there in the, in the living room and I was like, wow, I just grinning. <laughs> you know, yeah. that is so sweet so you yeah. said that you thought that maybe they were gonna cancel it um uh, they've already this. announced a uh, season two. Oh wow so i know you are excited <laughs> so apparently the ratings are terrible cbs mm-hmm. claims that it's their most streamed television show ah okay. that it outstreams uh big bang theory big brother oh uh, my gosh so the non-traditional the- viewing is what yeah. got it they said wow. that studies show that um, most of the people watching it do not generally watch CBS. Ah, oh, okay. So, so this very is their excited. gateway. 
Yeah, you're very excited to be able to reach this new audience. So, wow. but I don't know if I'll be back for season two. Um, just because five nights a week was. Yeah, that is a lot. Like, I remember a, when, what is commitment. it? Well, when Big Brother started to re- to do the multiple nights and all that kind of stuff, I was yeah. like, oh, my God, that's a lot of TV. But, yeah, five is insane. I mean, yeah. there it's I mean, it's like a soap opera. I mean, that, what else can you compare it to except it for is. soap operas? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, um, Big Brother, you know, is three nights a week. Mm-hmm. But I, that feels kind of manageable now. You know, I've gotten used to it. But Well, certainly not. Well, yeah, you've, you've watched it for so long. But now when you you know stack it up against something that comes on five times a week then yeah. oh geez that is insane okay yeah, so like i said I'm, I'm not sure if i'm ready to commit to another five night a week thing you know even though it really only lasted for like a little over a month oh okay okay yeah it was less than two months um so you know well i'm glad you enjoyed it and i i think that you will in fact watch the second season and um, still continue to be a fan. <laughs> so. I, don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I'll just cut things off. Yeah. yeah, I guess I did realize. So I think going back to one of the things you said earlier in your, in your story about um, talking about the hate you give in class, you said you use the example of your best friend from the library. So is that yeah. to imply that I was only your best friend at the library or well, at the time, of course, you and I weren't talking. Oh, well, that, that's on you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, because if I'd said, oh, my best friend, then they, they would have asked all kind of questions. Then I'd have to explain why I haven't spoken to my best friend. <laughs> you know, so, because it's about anything. You know, I had a kid the other day. It's like, you know, you married mysteries? No. <laughs> you divorced? Yes. You know, and they're like, you know, why are you divorced? Just divorced. Yeah, things right. did not work out. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, are you dating anybody? No. I said, why are you asking me out? <laughs> right. And then he was like, are you talking to anybody? Because that's what they call it now, talking. Mm, of course, yeah. I said, uh, I said, nope. He said, uh, he said, so you just don't do, don't do. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, no, I'm just fine by myself. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, <laughs> Which, of course, you know, he's blowing their minds, you know. No, just fine. Uh, so kids ask about anything, you know. Well, it's funny when you, you know, the fact that you're a high school teacher. And so, you know, when we talk, a lot of times I do think about what it was like back then. I mean, I loved high school. If high school could have lasted longer years, I would have been happy. Um, yeah. But it's like, yeah, I, thinking back now on the things that, were important at that time obviously the fact that our brains are so underdeveloped that you know (laughs) we have these urges that we anyway you know it's just I'm like I it's the whole I really wish I knew now or knew then what I do now um that that I would have done things differently kind of thing but yeah I think that that certainly is interesting they'll keep you young your students (laughs) well and some of them I mean they just have such terrible experiences they've been through. I mean, I've had ones before I've asked them to write, Oh, write about the saddest thing you've ever seen. And it's like, Oh, I saw my uncle kill himself with a, you know, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow. Damn. Okay. Um, Cause and, yeah, I mean, our, in our day, those, that would never have been, <laughs> if we wrote that, we were like, Oh, we saw a, a car hit a dog or, you know, or something yeah, like exactly. that. It wouldn't have been. Yeah. Wow. 
that's that is that's that's hard and I mean I have I had this one student uh she's been coming up to see me every day this week you know and she was crying because she's gonna move back to live with her mom instead of her foster mom now and she wanted to tell me bye because you know I was her favorite teacher and uh at one point you know I had uh you know she told me that I was the only man who had ever been nice to her without touching her. Holy crap. That is. And, and I, I, I said, well, yeah, I mean, what do you say to that? I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, um, I was like, well, I mean, you know, I, I hate to hear that. I said, I hope it really works out for you with your mom. That's so we- just, Oh my God. That's like, you know? I, that's something I would expect to see on, on scripted television, not like for real actually happening to you To Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just, I just can't imagine terrible, you know, I mean, I mean to be like 16, 17 years old and have never had a positive interaction with a, a male figure. Um, that is, then, you know, I've had, I had a, a, a male student last year. He was a senior. And I mean, he, uh, he came up to me one day in the hall and gave me a hug. Um, and, uh, he said, he just wanted to give me a hug. Was that okay? And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, he you was, know now you have to ask about it. So yes. <laughs> but, yeah. But I mean, you know, he, he, he didn't have a dad and, or a grandpa. He just lived with his mom and his grandma and, um, I mean, a lot of these kids, I mean, they don't have a father in their life. So, I mean, you are their singular, in some cases, male role model. Um, yeah. Be- because, yeah, they don't have that in their life. Yeah. Which, that's, I don't know. That's just terrible. Yeah, that's just a lot. I see. Now we're getting serious again. What the hell? I know. <laughs> well, find something funny or whatever to, to end with. I don't know. What do you <laughs> Well, I'm done with my Yoohoo, so we have to log off. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I'm. You were drinking it right before we started, so. All yes. Right. So the I Yoohoo continue to buy one um, one box of Yoohoo a week. Golly. Well, this only it's only like a case, you know. Yeah, but how many is in the case? Twelve. Well. Oh wow. Yeah, keep in mind when Julian comes over, he drinks at least three. Oh, okay, okay. So, well, then it's not so bad. I only drink. I only drink one a day. So. Yeah, I'm like that with my Starbucks um, frappuccinos. I will drink one a day usually. I'm down to my last one, so I'm like, you know, uh, waiting to like when the day I really need that pick me up. <laughs> I'm waiting, <laughs> but okay, all right. Well, but I yeah, guess huh? uh, one, one one good thing, you mm-hmm. know, this app where I've been tracking my moods. Yes. Right, and I have not been blow okay. Since July 29th. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's reason to celebrate. Part. Shoot. Yeah. So, you know, it's always been at least okay. Sometimes good. Sometimes very good. Even a couple times great. Wow. Although I'm always a little uh, hesitant to mark great because I know something bad's about to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, I used to. Um, I had, uh, when I had my calendar up, I would use uh, smiley face stickers. Uh-huh. And would actually, you know, stick them on the days that were good days. And uh, they didn't happen quite so frequently, so I stopped. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it got to be too depressing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, to look back and it's like, oh, my last happy day was two weeks ago. So <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I might start doing well, that though. again. Huh? See, times lately, I, I'll like feel myself starting to get 
sad about something, mm-hmm. and I'll just be like, fuck it, you know, and just like walk off. Um, <laughs> go get a Yoohoo or something. There you uh, go. The Yoohoo will always make it better. Yeah. So I've been, I've been pretty positive lately. Well, that's fantastic. And I mean, again, obviously having just literally recently gone through a divorce, to find yourself in such good places um, even after it, it's so immediately after it is fantastic. Even if it's just okay days, okay days are great. So yeah, yeah. So yeah congratulations. I need yeah. whatever. I need some of the YooHoo you're drinking. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So I guess we're signing off until another episode. So this is Latoya. This is Barry. Peace out. <laughs> Bye. Bye.